You're listening to Regen Reports for Puma. Do we really need chemicals in our clothes? Rivers that used to provide water, fish and irrigation for whole communities have become heavily polluted. You think of beautiful nature when you think of um, Asia, but uh, then you see the colorful rivers. The challenge is a little bit big to be faced alone. They need to work together and also get others on board. It's something that the consumers need to realize. We can't go free of chemicals. So what you're saying is that not all chemicals are bad? Uh, we need to be smarter in the selection of chemicals, be smarter actually in our expectations in the product. I'm your host, Luke Jackrotney. I'm a German-based content creator talking about sustainability, especially in regards to health and food. So often we talk about chemicals in our food. But how often do we actually talk about chemicals in our clothes? For me, as a health enthusiast, it's important to keep the things which come in contact with my body as natural as possible. And at the same time, keeping our nature as natural and clean as possible. Let me take you back in time. It's 2011 and we're in China. Just outside Shanghai, where the Yangtze River flows into the East China Sea, there's a huge industrial zone packed with textile factories. These factories make clothes for famous fashion brands and high street stores all over the world. Places that you've definitely heard of and almost certainly shopped in. Anyway, it's 2011. The factories are doing their thing, fulfilling orders, for these global fashion brands. Meanwhile, local people are raising concerns that the rivers around these factories, rivers that used to provide water, fish, and irrigation for whole communities have become heavily polluted. They want to know what is actually going into these rivers. They go to some of the factories to collect samples of the wastewater and send the samples off to the lab for analysis. There are some really dangerous chemicals in there. After a year of investigation, I launched a campaign called Detox. The idea was to shift the honest away from the factories and challenge the major global brands to take responsibility for their impact while working with them to create solutions that worked for everyone. Detox was a turning point for Puma. They were the first brand to commit to eliminating toxic chemical waste from its factories by 2020 and a lot of other brands followed suit. So where are they at with it now? I'm talking to Klaas Natboom. Hi Klaas, thanks for joining. Uh, it's nice to meet you. Can you tell us what you do? Sure. Um, hi Luke. Um, nice to meet you too. Um, so I'm uh, the implementation director at an organization called ZDHC, which stands for Zero Discharge of Hazardous Chemicals. That stands for applying sustainability principles at the beginning of, well, products life that we wear every day and to make sure that um, not only we as uh, consumers wear them safely, but also they are produced in a better environment in the production countries. So what does that exactly mean if we take a simple sweatshirt? In which part of the process are you involved? We come into the process at the very beginning. As soon as you bring color to the fabric or you add certain functionalities, there is a little bit of chemistry inside and we are part of it. So could you paint us a picture of what the rivers look like? You think of beautiful nature when you think of in, in Asia, but then you see the colorful rivers really in purple and pink and black, yellow. 
And then you see also workers in the factories, maybe up to their knees in dirty water. So these were the most alarming visuals that were used by the campaigns. And they really worked. I mean, also I myself coming from the sector, I was, I was shocked to see it. How big was the detox campaign and what was the impact? The detox campaign that was started by, by Greenpeace in, in 2011, well, I think it really took off as, as a couple of bigger brands signed up to it was really a game changer and what the Greenpeace campaign started and um, then ZDHC, my organization took over, is to ensure that brands can collaborate and communicate to yeah, basically change the world in these matters because the detox campaign was too big for any of these brands to be faced alone. So they needed to stand together and work on something collaboratively. So which part is Puma playing in this entire project? Puma is, is uh, definitely a very unique brand. ZDHC Committed Community is one of the founding fathers of the organization, so to say. So in the very beginning, there were six brands coming together. So they, they realized they need to work together and also get others on board. The Puma team is really engaged. So I see a lot of personal commitment going into their daily work. They, they also achieved a lot. So it's, it's not only like a nice collaborator from our perspective. They are really helping us to create the impact that we, uh, we want to see in the industry. So Puma was one of the first to sign up with your organization. Can you explain what you and the other brands that I got on board have done since 2011? Well, at present, around about 70 to 80 brands are working with ZDHC more or less directly. And there are far more also committed to the guidelines that we put out. So these are, mm -hmm. these are guidelines that are built with the knowledge and the experience of industry experts, academia and other stakeholders. And also a lot of the brands have experts within their company that contribute a lot to the development of these guidelines. We know that more than 60 brands are really implementing what the experts worked out. And we know that there are many, many more out there that are starting on it, that are already a little bit more advanced maybe. And these are not only the bigger fashion brands, there are also local manufacturers that learned about ZDHC and about the advantages to move to towards more sustainable chemical management and better chemistry. And so the change that was brought to the industry within 10 years was tremendous. But it's a continuous improvement journey that will take on more years and is expanding further. As we learn that it is not only about hazardous chemicals and removing them from the input into the industry, It's not only about cleaning the rivers and protecting your workers. You need to imagine better chemicals are more efficient. So actually they need less water, they need less energy. It's very comparable to advanced laundry detergents, washing things that you use at home. If you, if you use the more advanced, the better stuff, you can wash at lower temperatures and save a lot of energy in your home. This also applies in factories. That's really interesting. So what you're saying is that not all chemicals are bad. So a few moments ago, you said that Puma was one of the founding fathers. And two questions, like how can Puma continue to be a good partner? And second, I guess also Puma isn't perfect. So which challenges is Puma still facing in regard to the chemicals? From our perspective, the, the contribution that Puma and other brands of the committed communities are making meaning contributing their knowledge and their experience into the development of guidelines that help the whole industry is one big part of the portions. On the other hand, we will hold the brands accountable for what they're committed to. And that's one big piece of the, of the puzzle for the success. 
There are some struggles or some some challenges for, for all the brands in the markets that are dealing with some specific products or some specific sourcing regions. But I would say like if every brand was that committed to ZDHC and to sustainable chemical management as, as Puma, we would be in a better position definitely. So let's go back to these rivers. I've been to China actually, and the image in my mind is this idyllic scene. But the damage done by chemicals flowing into the water, like the foaming, the chemicals, the contamination, it's very far from what's in my mind. Ten years on, have those rivers begun to heal? In many regions, they, they do heal. The healing process is very slow. I myself live in a former industrialized area, uh, in the rural area in Germany. And the, the, the river banks, etc., after like more than a century of industrialization and heavy metal industry, etc., they recover. And it's the same for the for the rivers that are exposed to textile manufacturing. They recover. It takes some time. But yeah, there are also deeper wounds that are slowly healing. So let's talk about biodiversity, like plants and animals that were extinct, maybe in that area, maybe not in total. We can hope and they can move back. Like we celebrate the comeback of the salmon. Mm -hmm. Very, very nicely said. <laughs> However, we've talked a lot about the organization. We've talked a lot about brands, about Puma, what they can do, what they have done, what they're doing. What can I as a consumer do? Like when I enter the shop, when I'm shopping online, when can I have a big impact? Well, I always recommend to have a look into also what the brand puts on their website in terms of education. Is it only fancy stories or is it also a little bit more of data? Is it all very, very positive or sometimes also highlighting that, yeah, things can be better and how they make sure that things will be better. My advice is always have a look at behind the scenes and what the companies do. I also think uh, for other brands listening at this moment, it's also really important to, to make this aware in the shop, in the store even on the product website, because at the end, when we are online, when we're in the shop, we look for style, we look for comfort, we look for functions. And if we have two products next to each other, we can see, okay, this is more sustainable, or this is maybe more chemical free, then that's where the decisions happen. And I think it's really, really important. Again, I would say consumers, they need to be also aware of the fact that their beautiful, beautiful clothing can't be free of chemicals. And chemicals are not bad. Uh, chemicals is the air that you breathe, it's uh, the water you, you drink, and it's the salt you put in your food so it tastes well. It's just a matter of how much is in there and also how much of it gets out there when you're wearing the clothing. Um, actually, that's that's one of the things that, that people also need to know. They are not kind of supposed to eat their t-shirt. That's, that's not what it's meant to be for. That's also for a good reason then. Yeah, and we can't go free of chemicals. To be smarter in the selection of chemicals, how we apply the chemicals, and we need to be smarter actually also as a consumer in our expectations in the product. Because that's ultimately then also defining what goes into the making of the product and which chemicals are selected and so on and so forth. I think we made a great start here. <laughs> Thanks, I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice having you and have a wonderful day and talk to you soon. Bye, Klaus. Thanks. Bye, Luke. So I think the conversation was really interesting because you get a lot of what actually happens behind the scenes. 
what impact brands have, also independent organizations have, but also what we as a consumer can do. As you know, on my channels, I talk about a long and healthy life. I want to become 100, of course. And if you want to become 100, it's very important what you put into your body. And I think it's just as important what you put onto your body. And especially if we talk about the chemicals which go into the water, the soil, which then again go into our drinking water, into the plants, it's really, really important that we don't only care about our food, but also about basically everything which is produced. Because I think not only we want to live a long and healthy life, but our planet as well. You've been listening to the Regen Reports for Puma. If you've liked today's episode, please share it with your friends. That's the best way for us to spread the word. There are 10 episodes about different aspects of the fashion industry. Find them all by following Regen Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Puma publishes all of its progress, challenges and setbacks in its sustainability report. You can find the 2022 report online now by going to about.puma.com. There's only one forever. Let's make it better.